Hail Dictinus! Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Welcome to Satanism, the 195th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 17th century poet John Milton. You may call me Ode. You may call me Jackson, because it's my name. <laughs> we are without Gwyn today, because she is sick. She is sad to be missing this one, because she thought it was a very interesting topic, and she was looking forward to it, but unfortunately she is feeling too poorly to participate we were going to have a, a all three of us episode, but alas, it will be just a the two of us episode. Yes. The Odin Jackson show. <laughs> the, the sibling hour. Oh, that sibling hour. We're going to rant yes, about, we are. about Satanism a whole lot. And sometimes we'll agree and sometimes we'll disagree and we'll talk very, very fast and talk over each other and argue. <laughs> yes. Apologies in advance. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is where I usually do housekeeping, but we don't have any housekeeping to do. To my knowledge, so we're house captain, house reps. Hooray! Perfect. <laughs> I think Jackson, you should probably start because you looked into the the history, the antique Satanism. Yes. Okay. So the official first offshoot of Satanism, the Satanic Church, wasn't um, established until 1960, mm-hmm. uh, or in the 1960s, and it was by Anton Lavey. And that's the Church of Satan. Yes. Yes. Apologies. But before that, there were some interesting things. There's this guy, and I, I apologize, his name is Polish, so I'm going to try my best. Uh, Stanislav Pribyshevsky. So he was a, a poet and author during the decadent naturalistic movement in, like, the mid-1800s. Okay. And he was, like, he called himself a Satanist. He followed the, the sort of vague, overarching rules of Satanism that were loosely applied at the time before it became an official thing. I don't think there really were. Yeah. Well, so, before this guy, mm-hmm. Stanislaw, there wasn't like a movement of that that modern religious scholars would recognize as modern Satanism. No, but there were some similar schools of thought. Right. And there, there was a long trend of Christians accusing yes. each other of Satanism, by which they basically just meant heresy. But so I followed this kind of uh, historical thread backwards to see where he got his ideas from. Mm-hmm. And Stanislav was inspired by Friedrich Nietzsche. Um, As will Anton LaVey be in the future. Yes. And the interesting thing is that most of Nietzsche's like formalized ideas that led into Satanism were in the, the work Thus Spake Zarathustra, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic like four piece poetic interesting thing. It's it's a work. It's a work. It's hard to define as a specific type of work. It really is. And it was actually in that work that Nietzsche's uh, very famous God is dead phrase was was first put down. But so that refers to it's a it's a fictional work, but it refers to the prophet Zoroaster, Zarathustra in Persian, mm-hmm. who was the founder of Zoroasterism, uh, which Again, has many similar themes to modern Satanism. So it's just tracking this thing back to like, oh man, this started way long ago. Sort of. Sort of. The, because the... I think Zoroastrians would not yes, consider no. themselves or appreciate being associated with Satanism. And then we get into Crowley, of course. Right, which was pre levee Yes, a pre levee by a bit. He actually founded something called Thelema which is a Greek term, mm-hmm. um, which is the like the official stated inspiration for modern Satanism. Which I think we did an episode about Thelema. 
So he wrote, I think, 35 different texts about... Crowley was prolific. All of that. <laughs> um, but the first one was the Book of Law, mm-hmm. which went over the, the sort of tenets of, of the Thelemites, mm-hmm. um, which then was put into condensed form when LeVay took inspiration from that to, mm-hmm. to do... Church, Church of the Satan. The Church of Satan, thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion about the names of the various organizations in modern Satanism. <laughs> yes. There's a lot. There's way more offshoots than I thought there, there were. There are, yeah. A lot of them are very, very small. Mm. There are sort of three big ones that I'm aware of. There's the Church of Satan, yeah. which is the inheritance, I guess, of Anton LaVey's work. Mm. There's the Satanic Temple, which is much more recent. I think they started... 2013. Yeah. And there's Joy of Satan, which is just... The worst one. <laughs> yes, um, I was I was going around um, Satanism Reddit and they kept uh-huh. mentioning JLS and I'm like, what is that? Yeah, that's looked it up and I'm like, oh no. Yeah, that's Joy of Satan. We're not going to give Joy of Satan a lot of um, of airtime. No, because they just they just suck. Yes, um, but they can be summarized as the openly anti-Semitic neo-Nazis ones. Yep, I believe they are a offshoot or similar thing from the Order of the Nine Angles, which is similarly based in anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of... There is there's definitely a Nazi problem... Yes. ...in modern Satanism. Uh, Elle says if there's a group about anything, Nazis are going to find it and weasel their grimy way into it. That's true. Yeah. I did also read an interesting study at one point while I was doing all this research. I read an interesting study that there's a correlation between particularly young men... Mm-hmm who've grown up in abusive households, who end up being attracted to Satanism as a philosophy, especially non-theistic Satanism. Yep. And those are, that's the same sort of profile of people who are attracted to neo-Nazi ideologies. So I think there's just sort of a, a convergent development happening there. Oh, just another interesting tidbit. The name Satan wasn't mm-hmm. first mentioned until the Book of Numbers in the Bible, and it was used as a term describing defiance. Yes. Um, it wasn't actually established that there was a, like a, a being named Satan that was the nemesis of, of Jesus Christ until like the end of New Testament. Yeah, this is a whole mess. Okay, I, yeah, I think you're right. Numbers is the first mention of Satan, and I don't think it's even implied to refer to a being at that point. Yeah, I think it's just used as a term. Yeah. I think it's later, it's in Job, that Satan is used to refer to the sort of prosecutor who is harassing Job with God's permission. And in that context, it means, like, adversarial lawyer, basically. (laughs) Then in the New Testament, when Jesus is in the desert... Satan is brought up again as more of a distinct being, but still not, it, like, it's not clear if this is even the same Satan who was harassing Job, or if this is just another adversarial being who is being put in place to prosecute Jesus the same way Job was prosecuted. Right, more of a title And, and a tested, yeah. And then shows up again at the end of Revelations as, like, this more distinct anti-god figure so like in most of the early references to satan or a satan it's not even clear that it's an individual versus a title and very much seems to be like on the god team (laughs) yeah 
And it's super interesting. And, like, the the popular image of Satan being horned and red and demonic, mm-hmm. that didn't come up until quite some time later. The first depiction of, like, a being of opposing defiance in that kind of uh, traditional Satan form, mm-hmm. again, runs back to Zoroastrianism. Roshaw asks, so where did the Satan-Lucifer connection come in? Was that in Revelations? I can't remember too long since I read the Bible. So as I recall, and it's been a while since I read the Bible, but as I recall from stuff I saw while I was looking at this and stuff that I remember from the Bible and from the various Apocryphas, there's a prophecy somewhere in there. I think it's in the Old Testament where someone is talking about Lucifer, Hallel, Morningstar, etc. as titles uh, for a an adversary. What that probably actually was referring to was a specific Mesopotamian king who was an adversary of the tribes at that time, but later Christian scholars interpreted that passage as relating to the Satan adversary figure. And so they sort of got conflated. And so now Lucifer is interpreted as sort of the rebel angel figure. And this actually goes back to the 17th century in the Enlightenment era with John Milton, who I quoted in the beginning, who wrote Paradise Lost. Oh, Paradise Lost. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of the beginning of reinterpreting Satan from just this purely adversarial figure to Lucifer this rebellious Promethean figure who was more complex and had more nuanced motivations Um, and interestingly was more distinctly set against God as a distinct being rather than as sort of part of the God system as like a prosecuting attorney. You know, that's actually, that makes a lot more sense because I ran into the conflation of Lucifer and Satan Mm -hmm. um, in that... Uh, Aleister Crowley wrote a poem in 1913, a hymn to Lucifer, Mm -hmm. but it was taken to be referring to Satan. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if... A a lot of Crowley's language in some of those texts is really... At least seems to be really influenced by Milton. Uh. um, And by later writings that followed Milton. So John Milton wrote Paradise Lost, and that was sort of the, the rebel angel vision of Lucifer as Satan. And then, like, William Blake picked it up, and honestly, a lot of Enlightenment-era artists really resonated with this idea and intensified this vision of Lucifer. I actually have a little bit of an explanation for that, because okay. I was looking up um, that to the Enlightenment time period. Something that happened either at a similar time or just a little bit later was um, the decadent naturalistic movement in art. And that's what you were talking about with um, Stanislaw. Yeah. Um, So it's this whole movement was a focus on excess and the, like, non-material world realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's this kind of... I know one of the the, mm, tenets of, of, of a type of Satanism, at the least is very much focused on the self mm-hmm. and being that kind of... It's not hedonism, but it's a similar flavor of, like, yeah. taking the things that you pleasure. want pleasure. Yeah. 
it interestingly leads back to that enlightenment, um, let's look at all the, the fabulous things in life. Mm-hmm. So that would have been about 100 years probably after John Milton, which is plenty of time for this sort of to settle into the milieu. And I wonder if that's why he describes himself as a Satanist, even though there wasn't really like a... Satanism. A Satanism, yeah. I wonder if he was sort of referring to that Miltonian Lucifer-Satan archetype. It's probably likely, because I believe there's a little bit of discussion about mm-hmm. whether or not he should be considered the first Satanist, because he's the first one to have like prescribed the title onto himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Rather than having it as an accusation against him. Yes, but he didn't really follow what we now consider to be Satanism, so is he still the first one? Right. Yes, no. I mean, I think there's a strong argument to say yes, because Satanism in general... Modern Satanism is a very heterogeneous group. Yeah, and individualistic. Yeah, there's a there's a wide range of Satanisms, if you will, yep. and an even wider range of Satanists who don't identify with a particular like branch of Satanism. Yep. Oh, something interesting that I found out about Anton Lavey. Mm-hmm. One apparently he used to be a carnival worker. Interesting. More, you know, and a musician, and held night classes in the occult. The regular attendees of those classes were what formed the uh, the original Church of Satan in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of LeVay's inspiration came from Crowley and Rand and, uh, and Nietzsche. Yeah, and actually I think that at one point in one of his later, maybe one of his interviews later in his life, um, Anton LeVay actually says that the Church of Satan, his brand of Satanism, is just Anne Randian philosophy with ceremonial ritual and magic thrown in. Yeah. Like, it's it's very blatant. So I guess we should talk about the Church of Satan yeah. in some more detail, because they are sort of the start of modern Satanism. They're not a branch of Satanism I find particularly appealing, <laughs> personally. Fair. But they are probably the, if no longer the widest known, certainly the oldest contemporaneous. Yeah, I was on their website earlier today, looking through their uh, their FAQ mm-hmm. and their statement of their mission and all these things, um, and it was an interesting read because they're very firm on some positions. Yeah, so that are they've... a little hmm. Uh, so they are atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, they they actually are of the opinion that theistic Satanism is an oxymoron and cannot exist, which is. Not true. Pushy. It's <laughs> pushy. Pushy. Pushy, very pushy. <laughs> so their sort of philosophy is to be that self-centered, most important person of your subjective universe, mm-hmm. to be your own god, and to dish out your praise, love, and wrath as you will. Yes, and that's even a generous interpretation of it, I would say. <laughs> um, so I do actually have the, the tenets of the Church of Satan. They've got the... So they have sort of two. They have the nine satanic statements, which are the the originally intended publicly accessible Church of Satan commandments. And then they have the 11 satanic rules of the earth, which are the more... were originally intended to be the, the inner circle only <laughs> because they're a little more obviously objectionable. But so the the nine satanic statements are, one, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. That is a trend you're going to find very common across Satanism threads. Two, Satan represents a vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. 
which is that that non-theistic quality there. I should the very firmly non-theistic. Yeah, I should clarify here that all the stuff where they say Satan represents um, what they mean is they view Satan as a archetype, a metaphorical representative of their views. Yeah, uh, just a sort of a symbol to use for a very specific brand of they would call it humanism. I would call it Randian rationalism. <laughs> so three, Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. Four, Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Five, Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Six, Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Seven, Satan represents man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours, who, because of his divine, spiritual, and intellectual development, has become the most vicious animal of all, which is a very long one compared to all the rest. Eight, Satan represents all the so-called sins as they le all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. And nine, Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept it in business all these years. Interestingly, once again, while I was on uh, Satanism Reddit, mm -hmm. I found a, a post of someone like giving their own per personal interpretation of what each of those tenets means. Mm -hmm. And I found a couple of those and they're all different. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you listen to especially even prominent members of the Church of Satan, including like the high priest and the high priestess, the interviews they give will not really match up to these statements very closely. Or they give a much um, gentler, more palatable perspective on them. So if you're at all interested in hearing like someone from the Church of Satan explain some mm -hmm. of this stuff, there is a YouTube channel called Satan's Plain which is done by one of the Church of Satan Magisters. I watched one of the videos. I think there's only a dozen available, mm -hmm. but it's, it's an interesting watch. Yeah. So there are also the 11 Satanic Rules of the Earth. Like I said, these, are, these were originally intended to be not for wide distribution, and you will understand that when you hear them. But they're intended to be sort of rules to live by for um, Church of Satan members. So one, do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. Two, do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. Three, when in another's lair, show him respect or else do not go there. Four, if a guest in your lair annoys you, treat him cruelly and without mercy. Five, do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal. Six, do not take that which does not belong to you unless it is a burden to the other person and he cries out to be relieved. Seven, acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all you have obtained. Eight, do not complain about anything to which you need not subject yourself. Nine, do not harm little children. Ten, do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for your food. And eleven, when walking in open territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. I, so some of those are fine, and most of them seem like a rule of how to be an ass. Yeah, and, and some of them are, because of the specific way they're phrased, very open to interpretation. And not the best interpretation. Yeah, so like the mating signal one in particular, which people are laughing about in the Discord, oh God, is... um. If you consider the mating signal to be saying, yes, I consent to have sex with you, then yeah, that's a great principle to live by. If you consider the mating signal to be like, she looked like she really wanted it, 
then... Then it's pretty bad. I do like the idea of a sexy bat signal where you can just, like, <laughs> pin it to your chest and then put that on when you're feeling uh-huh. the mood. <laughs> yeah. They're not universally bad tenets to live by. No. They're just... Too um, much wiggle room? Yeah, too broad. And they don't provide, I guess, a clear enough philosophy other than do what you want and fuck other people, which leads people to sort of naturally come to the worst possible interpretation they can. Yep. Elle says, one warning before destroying someone who annoys you sounds uh, problematic. Yeah, it's a yeah. little extreme. <laughs> and I, the, the language here is always very specific. It's always, if they annoy you, destroy them. It's not like if they've caused you harm, respond. It's like if you are annoyed by someone's presence, ruin them utterly. Treat them cruelly and without mercy. <laughs> a rabbit says most people annoy me, and same. Church of Satan used to, I'm not sure if they still do, but used to describe itself explicitly as misanthropic. And it takes, if you go through and read their blogs on their website, there's a very explicitly sort of pyramid structure view to the world where they they view society as having sort of two layers. The masses, which are sort of an inarticulate human blob worthy only of your scorn, and the elites, who are elevated alien, like, ubermensch. Ah, that... They see they took the wrong idea out of from Nietzsche's Nietzsche. exactly. from Nietzsche's Ubermensch. That's not what that means. Exactly, <laughs> and, and I I do think a lot of Church of Satan's philosophy derives from misinterpreted a, a, Nietzsche, mis- misinterpreted Nietzsche, and an uncritical reading of Ayn Rand, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Rabbit says it's giving fedora. Elle says it's also giving edge lord. And yes, yeah. I have some. I actually, and they would hate this. <laughs> I have sympathy for people who are members of the Church of Satan, <laughs> which they would loathe. Oh, yes, so much. Um, but I have sympathy for them because I, as a teenager, would have found this very attractive. Yes. I would have been very attracted to the Church of Satan if I had been aware of it as a teenager because I was deeply misanthropic, critically depressed. Clinically? Clinically and critically <laughs> depressed. And criminally depressed. (laughs) (laughs) All the C's. The three C's of depression. Critically, (laughs) clinically, criminally depressed. And I would have found this philosophy of just, fuck you, I got mine, really empowering and validating. But ultimately, it would have made me a worse person. And it wouldn't have made me a happier person. It would have made me a a cruel person. Mm. A cruel person, pro- like those uh, top CEOs who have a lot of money but are just assholes. Yeah, and and like obviously not everyone finds joy in the same things, and I'm sure there are some people out there for whom the Church of Satan has been genuinely a good thing, but I think a, a lot of its membership are going to be people who are just struggling. And not having their needs met elsewhere. And looking for that place to belong. Uh-huh. And and the Church of Satan gives them sort of carte blanche to do what they want and feel justified about it. And I, I think that's really unfortunate. <laughs> so I want to preface this very carefully. Uh-huh. Because I'm going to say something that it might be a little... So I am in no way 
referring to the Church of Satan as a cult. What I am saying is the type of people that are drawn to cults mm-hmm. because of their circumstances mm-hmm. also are drawn to things like the Church of Satan. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And and I do think if they have to pick one, it's it's probably better for them yes. to pick the Church of Satan than to end up in a Jonestown situation or a Manson family. Yeah. But I think it's still a, a sign of some damage that needs repair. Mm-hmm. Um, some healing that needs to be done. Now, to be fair, like I said, there there's a lot of, if you listen to interviews, like I said, from the the people who currently run the Church of Satan, they don't sound like they genuinely believe a lot of the stuff that's on the Church of Satan's official literature. It seems as though there's maybe a sort of a crisis of identity happening in the Church of Satan right now that has been sort of ongoing for a while about what they believe and what they're going to espouse and what they're going to try to put into the world. There's almost two Church of Satans. Yeah. There's the official Church of Satan, which is very Randian, and there's the people in the Church of Satan. The sort of functional Church of Satan. Yeah, who seem to be much more just sort of generically humanist. So things are kind of messy and complicated in that respect right now, and if you try to look into the Church of Satan, you're going to find a lot of these dichotomies and contradictions. And I think eventually those things will get ironed out, um, and I hope that they land on humanism. Yeah. Because that's a, a better and more fulfilling, as far as I'm concerned, life philosophy. It's, it's one that improves the world uh, rather than breaks it further. But how that ends up, is, it sort of remains to be seen. But we should probably move on to the next because there are several to cover. So the other sort of major satanic organization. Yes. Because like I said, we're not going to really talk about the joy of Satan other than to say stay away from them because they're bad, bad news. Yes. Is the Satanic Temple. Yes. Um, so, so the Satanic Temple is, they're not perfect, but they are in all a fairly cool organization. Yes. So it was founded in 2013. They are completely non-theistic. Um, they might even branch into being atheistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do not believe in an actual Satan, and they do not believe in the magical or supernatural at all. Which the Church of Satan does. Yes. Um, we sort of, I mean, we sort of touched on that because it's in their principles, but the Church of Satan does, as a general rule, practice and believe in the application of magic. They just don't believe in Satan as a distinct being. Mm-hmm. The Satanic Temple leans more on uh, atheist ideologies. Mm-hmm. But it takes some of the do-as-you-will, uh, rely and work to improve and give yourself things of pleasure and all those things that are drawn from the Church of Satan, but tweaked. The mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense, oppose injustice, and take undertake noble pursuits. And these are not... The ones that I'm about to read are not necessarily their tenets, but it's something that I found on their FAQ about what they are. Mm -hmm. So they don't believe in the existence of Satan or the supernatural. They believe that religion can and should be separated from superstition and the supernatural and that religion is not something that should belong to only those who believe in a higher power. Religion can be a... Actually, the the definition of religion is just the, the adherence and belief of a set of tenets and rules and these things and sometimes that can include the belief in a higher power but it is not required to which is why they have been founded as a religious organization Mm -hmm. 
So their beliefs must be malleable to the best current scientific understanding of the, understandings of the material world, never the reverse. Satan is a symbol of the eternal rebel in opposition of arbitrary authority, forever defending personal sovereignty in the face of insurmountable odds. And they have chosen Satan and Baphomet as their two figures. Mm-hmm. They're, they're figureheads. Yes. Because Baphomet in the... Uh, I don't remember where that symbol originates um, from. The popularization and association with Satan, I know, comes from Alphaeus Levi. Yes. Um, and it's... Even as a deity themselves, mm-hmm. um, Baphomet is a symbol means gender nonconformity, conformity, pluralism, and diversity, mm-hmm. which is why they have taken on that symbol. So I do have the tenets pulled up. They have seven fundamental tenets, mm-hmm. and a lot of these are actually going to sound sort of like direct responses, I think, to the Church of Satan's tenets. So the first tenet is, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Three, one's body is inviolable, subject to to one's own will alone. Four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. And seven, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Interestingly, they're actually something on their website says that they are regularly and much to their chagrin confused (laughs) with uh, the Church of Satan. Mm -hmm. And the Church of Satan um, also absolutely hates being associated with the Satanic Temple. Yes. So what I have here is it says the Church of Satan expresses vehement opposition to the campaigns and activities of the Satanic Temple, Mm -hmm. asserting themselves as the only true arbiters of Satanism, while the Satanic Temple dismisses the Church of Satan as irrelevant and inactive. Yeah. They are not friendly. No, not at all. I do find it sort of ironic that the Church of Satan is sort of setting itself up as the the orthodoxy of Satanism. Which is basically against yeah. the original. It, it, which seems antithetical to the general principles of Satanism. Yeah, because in, um, I cannot remember if it was in the Satanic Bible or in Nietzsche's ideas. I think it was the Satanic Bible saying that... Um, Which was a LeVay's text, yes. the founding text of the Church of Satan. That you should never conform to, like, an overarching ideology mm-hmm. and that everything is very individualistic. So there are many modern Satanists who practice two religions, Satanism and Paganism, mm-hmm. or, you know, any, Luciferianism. Yep. Thanks to our Tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, Aquarian Tabernacle Church, organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on property which would allow them to expand their current network of resources including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a pagans-in-need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash weaversatc. Hail Dickness! 
Thanks for good reads, sir. Hang on, I gotta light something on fire now because he gave us the good read. Hail Dictinus. Incense, incense. Incense has been incensed. Perfect. What? Don't laugh at me. Okay. I will so, always laugh at you. You're, <laughs> you're my sibling. That's true. Sibling privileges. All right. The the satanic uh, organizations we've been talking about are both explicitly, like we said, non-theistic, and in the, the case of the satanic temple, pretty close to atheistic. But there are uh, some satanic organizations, mostly much smaller, that are um, theistic Satanists, and there are individual theistic Satanists. Um, some who call themselves Luciferians, some who call themselves theistic Satanists, some who call themselves something else entirely. They are uh, actually an object of a lot of academic study. So there are, there are people who specialize in the study of new religious movements, which is what sort of all pagan religions and a lot of cults and Satanism and things like that are all sort of grouped under. They're all called new religious movements. Basically anything that was <laughs> founded less than a thousand years ago is considered a new religious movement. So, so theistic Satanists are subjects of sort of intense scrutiny and interest from these academics because they're such a small group even inside of the umbrella of Satanism because the founding of modern Satanism was non-theistic and in some cases not even just atheistic but anti-theistic. A lot of the modern Satanist movement has its its driving force behind uh, a resistance to Christian overculture, to uh, evangelical authoritarianism. The, the Satanic Temple in particular identified well in advance of everyone else the sort of growing hegemony in the United States in particular of an authoritarian religious right which was rapidly gaining political power. And that's what they've been fighting this whole time. Yeah, that's actually something that we didn't mention when we talked about the Satanic Temple. Um, one of their sort of main things is opposing oppressive overarching structures. Mm -hmm. So they fight for equal rights when religion is brought into schools. Mm -hmm. There, it's a, a lot of it's the, the ritualization of self-empowerment. Yep. So, like, currently, with Roe v. Wade having been overturned, mm -hmm. they... Uh, they will fight for the right for any um, practicing Satanist with the Satanic Temple to undergo the abortion ritual. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they have not had a huge amount of success in courts to date, but they usually get a lot of media attention, and that sort of stuff is good for driving conversations around these topics and keeping them sort of in the public eye. Theistic Satanism is a belief in a Satan or Lucifer figure, not always the same figure, um, sometimes conflated together as the same figure, um, as an individual being who may be perceived as a deity or may be perceived as a, sort of an important spirit or as just sort of a, a patriarchal figure, um, like the patriarch of the witches. And even though this is a very small and sort of disorganized, decentralized community, they have a lot of sort of similar principles, I found, even though they don't have an organization per se. There are a few small theistic satanic organizations. Unfortunately, many of them are also infested with the Nazi problem, so I'm not going to name drop them here. You can look for them. It'll be hard to find one that's not infested with Nazis. Most of the of the the quality theistic Satanists I've been able to find, uh, the quality Luciferians, are um, just individuals. They're solitary practitioners, effectively. 
But sort of the general principles of theistic Satanism are a belief that Satan or Lucifer, who is sometimes perceived as an angel and sometimes perceived as a, an opposing figure to God, but not always. Yeah, kind of back and forth depending on what you're reading. Sometimes the Satan figure of a theistic Satanist is seen as the rebel angel figure directly from Milton. Um, sometimes is seen as... So uh, a lot of theistic Satanists actually don't practice like a Christian or a reverse Christian perspective, but they practice a Gnostic perspective. Interesting. So in Gnosticism, there's the concept of a demiurge, which is the artisan figure of the universe. And they consider the Christian God to actually be demiurge, the figure who created the tangible universe, but who is not like an actual all-knowing being, is just the artisan who crafted yeah. reality. The architect. The architect of reality, of, of physical reality. And there are some branches of Gnosticism, actually, that specifically identify the Demiurge as hostile or malevolent. Theistic Satanists who take a Gnostic perspective often see Satan or Lucifer as a figure whose adversarial relationship to Demiurge is an effort to elevate humans out of the sort of debased physical construction that the architect created. So it's a combination of enlightenment and that, um, what you're saying, the Prometheus figure. Yes, the, the Prometheus, um, the transcendentalism, I guess. There is actually a, a really interesting text out there called Lucifer and Prometheus where you can, where you can study this in more detail. It actually has a foreword by Jung. But yeah, so there are, there are a lot of correlations and similarities between a Lucifer figure and a Prometheus figure. In part because of the light association, I think, because Prometheus's big claim to fame and eternal torment was bringing the gift of fire from the gods to man, and Lucifer's name means light bringer and... Morning star. Exactly. And especially among theistic Satanists, Lucifer is often perceived as um, having the... as being the serpent in the garden. And but that is not a bad thing. Exactly. So the interpretation of theistic Satanists is that Lucifer invites Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not to condemn her, but to broaden her mind. To, to empower. To empower her, to help her escape from the confines that God or Demiurge has trapped her in, in the sort of walled garden of Eden. And this comes necessarily with pain because to escape the jailer you have to defy him and he will punish you but that pain is just perceived as sort of a necessary consequence of growth and development so lucifer as the serpent in the garden is seen as this sort of teacher who might test you and whose lessons might hurt but which are ultimately intended to improve you um, or uh, sometimes very literally, to set you free. So sort of the general principles of theistic Satanism, like I said, it's a very heterogeneous group of people. These won't necessarily be universal tenets or principles, but the general principles of theistic Satanism are the seeking of new knowledge. Yeah, tracks. Uh-huh. So they're usually very, like, pro-science, try to read widely and expand new branches of philosophy and so on. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some 
on the down low Luciferians who are on the just like bleeding edge of technology. Mm-hmm. That would not surprise me at all either, no. There's a focus on self-development, so improving yourself as an individual, whatever form that takes for you as a, as a person, that's especially varied between individuals. So some people will be like, my self-development process with Satan is going to therapy. And some people will be like, my self-development process with Satan is like learning to rock climb, you know? And I'm sure it changes over time. Uh-huh. Because what will best suit you as a person changes as you change. Exactly. There is a principle of expecting Satan to test you, to put trials in your way, and that actually sort of hails back to the original conception of Satan as that uh, prosecuting attorney figure, constantly testing Job's faith. So there's a perception that Satan will test you and push you and cause you to struggle so that you can learn to overcome those things. Yeah. The sort of combination of the anti-hero and the wise teacher. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ella saying sounds novel like some chaos deities. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely some similarities. And then the the other there are t- there's sort of like a an interesting there's an interesting dichotomy with this last one where it sort of um, can go either way. Sometimes even in one individual practitioner's work with Satan, where Satan is both the darkness and the one bringing light into darkness. Oh, interesting. So both embodies that sort of the sacred dark and developing an understanding and a familiarity and a comfort with being sort of in the left-hand lane. Right. And this element of exposing secrets and bringing lies to light and uh, illuminating places that are hidden from general view. Right. There's a really odd association that I've just made, which may or may not be super relevant. Mm -hmm. So there's a thing that I've heard that's uh, somewhat common for veterans, a sort of veteran folktale, as it were, Mm -hmm. mentioned in therapy often, where the concept of you are trapped in a deep, dark hole by Mm -hmm. yourself and you can't dig yourself out. Mm -hmm. And then another soldier appears at the top and instead of throwing something down to pull you up, they jump down with you and mm-hmm. help you put the dirt in to, to create. And more and more people jump down until you are all back at the surface together. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a sort of similar concept of... Lucifer is in the hole with yes, you. Yes, Lucifer yeah. is in the hole with you, helping you get through the darkness that they have put you in. I think that's very, yeah, I think that's very relevant and connected. And I think part of that comes from the Christian mythology of Satan being condemned to hell, Mm. you know, being condemned to this, what is supposed to be an evil, like uh, a terrible, painful place to be and choosing to make that his kingdom, choosing to, in the words of Milton, reign in hell rather than serve in heaven. Especially when you consider Lucifer as the fallen angel, the rebel angel who was cast out and punished Mm -hmm. for an individuality of thought. You very much see a figure who is familiar with suffering and has presumably uh, some amount of empathy for suffering. So yeah, I think that's that's a very interesting connection. So I used to be part of this Discord server that I'm not in anymore just because I couldn't keep up with it. And there was um, sort of a tradition for Yule where uh, a bunch of us made mood boards for different deities. Um, so just a bunch of, a, a collection of photos. Um, that had the vibe 
of, of different deities. And so for Yule, people would request uh, mood boards for deities that didn't have any and things like that. And we would sort of make them as Yule gifts. And so at one point someone requested a Lucifer mood board and I was like, oh, that seems like a fun exercise. I don't really know anything about Lucifer, so I'll do that. Um, so I put that one together and I, I, you know, I was going through Pinterest and I was looking at all of light imagery because the name and at one point I found this photo of, it's actually a photo of a piece of statuary with a pot on a wheel and there's a small hand that looks like a child's hand sort of trying to shape the pot and there's a larger hand that looks like a man's um, sort of guiding the child's hand and both of their fingers are sort of draped in gold. Okay. And it's beautiful for one. It is. It's a beautiful image. And for some reason, I just really got the, the sense that that particular image belonged on this board. So I put it in there, and a, a lot of the other imagery involved light and statues of angels and things like this. And I uploaded the mood board, and the person who had requested it, who was a theistic Satanist, asked why I'd put that one in there, and told me like that's it that's the vibe that's lucifer and told me so you know how the christian god is described all the time as a potter and you're the pot on the wheel and he's shaping you into what he wants you to be yes i'm familiar with that vaguely yeah so what they said was lucifer doesn't want you on the wheel he wants to show you how to shape what's on the wheel. Oh, makes sense. Lucifer isn't the potter, he's the teacher. And the difference between Lucifer and a Christian God, from this person's perspective, was that Lucifer will take you off the wheel, even if that means breaking the pot at first, so that you can be reborn as a person who can shape things on the wheel. It's a really interesting conversation and I'd sort of unlocked the idea of Lucifer in my brain. And I actually now, I have like, I don't, I don't have like a, a devotional practice with Lucifer, but I have some Lucifer candles, I have some Lucifer oils, and I work with him occasionally for very specific purposes. And he's a really interesting person to work with. The energy is not like wholly dissimilar to Loki's, but it's very distinct. Mm -hmm. There's, ironically, there's a lot less anger in Lucifer than there is in Loki, at least as far as I've been able to connect with them. There is a lot of light. There's an astonishing amount of patience in Lucifer, which I wasn't expecting. I honestly think a lot of patience makes sense if you're willing to do the snake in, gar in the garden thing. Right. And be, the an long educator, game. <laughs> be an educator of people, despite knowing that it will bring you trouble. Yeah, yeah. And that a lot of people will reject what you're trying to teach given, yeah. yeah so yeah that was that was a really interesting experience for me like i said i've i've worked occasionally with lucifer i don't have like a deep connection with lucifer but but the work i have done with lucifer has been interesting and fulfilling and i very much appreciate him as a as a figure a lot of satanists actually don't have a devotional relationship even theistic satanists don't have a devotional relationship with satan they don't worship satan and in fact most of them say satan doesn't want worship he wants that teacher or patriarch relationship. He's trying to sort of elevate the people he works with to be his equals mm. rather than wanting to be viewed as a figure of authority. He's, he's, he's anti-authoritarian even when he himself is the authority. <laughs> Seems to be the, the general impression 
um, that theistic Satanists have gotten from him. Lugaru says, thinking of some of the pop culture representations of Loki and Lucifer. I'm thinking specifically of Hiddleston and Tom Ellis. Yeah, we've seen a lot of uh, representations of Lucifer in just pop culture recently. Yeah. There was the Lucifer show. The Lucifer show is actually fantastic. And, like, as we're going over Lucifer as a as a person and as a deity, I'm like, oh, that's fairly accurate. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Elle is describing him as the don't call me professor professor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I know exactly the type of person that is. Very, very interesting. Very anti-establishment figure. I, I wonder, I do wonder how he feels about, about the non-theistic Satanist organizations, especially the ones like Church of Satan that are very like, we are the authority on Satanism. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's... There's a, a back and forth and a growth happening in the Church of Satan right now. That's true. That could maybe that's maybe that's related. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. Um, if you frustrate a deity, expect them to challenge you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because you don't believe in them doesn't mean they don't believe in you. Oh yes. <laughs> I think we should at least brush on satanic panic. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that. I think we did do an episode about it, but it's obviously very relevant to this topic. Yes. So. so Satanic Panic, as like a movement, mm-hmm. originated from the McMartin preschool trial, where in the 1980s, the pre- preschools there and around, it just sort of grew from there, were accused of satanic ritual abuse. Those specific words. Yeah. And it's led to, like, there was a whole just moral panic about everything. And like the cases now are really squirrely. Like um they what they used to get uh information from the children is actually a discredited pro- process now called yeah. the recovered memory therapy. And a lot of these kids were extensively interrogated by social workers before they would say anything had happened like they would say for hours and hours and hours that nothing had happened Mm -hmm. and then they would be sort of led to vaguely similar to uh getting a confession yeah (laughs) a lot of coercive techniques used yes so it just created ridiculously widespread fear that there was a war Mm -hmm. of good and evil of the like christian opposition to god yeah uh was happening everywhere it was very much a witch hunt and they believed there was, like, a global conspiracy. Yes. It was very QAnon. So, um, actually, I will get into that. Uh-huh. So, the the thing was, have you ever heard you should never play a heavy metal album backwards? Yes. Because there will be satanic messages that were subliminally implemented into that record. And if you play it backwards, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually warned against playing records backwards in, like... 2000. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was a friend uh-huh. whose, whose parents were very satanic panicky. But so it was heavy metal, horror movies, dungeons and dragons. Yeah. Um, and it was just this huge, massive thing that technically is listed from happening to, from like 1985 to 1990. Mm-hmm. But really, it is still going on today. There is QAnon who have adopted many of the things of both um, uh, satanic ritual abuse and satanic panic, mm-hmm. which are two different phenomenons. Unfortunately, they happen around the same time. Yeah. And then they just sort of fed each other. They fed each other. And um, 
So, like, a lot of QAnon stuff has that similar vibe. And looking at, like, very recently, the, controver- the controversy around Little Nas X's Montero, Call Me By My Name, mm-hmm. um, which has a lot of Satan references, mm-hmm. gives Satan a lap dance and it kills him and takes his throne. Which reminds me very much of a, a thing that... So, y'all remember Doom? Oh, yeah. When Doom came out? Yeah. When Doom came out, it was... There was a whole little uproar about how it was satanic and it was putting mm-hmm. demons in people's TVs. Yep. And the guy who created Doom was like, I can't fathom a more anti-demon game than a <laughs> than game <Doom. laughs> where you spend the whole time killing demons. In the later games, you go to their planet and, and kill, kill them, them there. there. <laughs> yeah, you go directly to hell to kill demons, which is exactly what happens which in Montero. Which is like a hell Yeah, and, and, and so it's very much the same thing with Montero, where everyone was like, ah, oh, satanic imagery, but he goes to hell and kills the devil. Yep. So it's, if anything, anti-satanic. Yeah, so, um, so there's that, plus at the same time he also released Satan Shoes. Mm-hmm. He had, it was a limited run, 666 pair, and they each had... Um, red dye and one drop of human blood yep. in them. <laughs> um, but they were eventually recalled. Yeah, which is um, a bummer. Because the they were aftermarket shoes, effectively. Um, and the and sh- Nike got mad. Yeah, N- Nike decided they didn't like that. So if you're interested on documentaries covering the Satanic Panic and the McMartin thing, um, there's a series, like a short documentary series um, called The McMartin Family Trials, which I believe is on Hulu. And then um, on Netflix, The Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness, which talks about the Son of Sam, the fact that uh, it was believed that the Son of Sam had many other people associated and they were, Mm -hmm. say, a satanic cult that were going around killing people. It's a a very interesting documentary and Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. Um, And if you just want something on the satanic temple specifically... There is a very interesting and fun documentary called Hail Satan. Hail Satan question mark, which we actually reviewed a long time ago. I don't remember what episode it was in now. Yeah, so that is currently all that I have on Satanic Panic. That was something that I believe Gwen was going to cover. Yeah, because she was alive for that. Yeah. <laughs> which we weren't. We got the, uh, the, uh, the back, the... The very, the very back end of yeah. the, the big dramatic, yeah. Plus, and then it kind of moved it to, like, video games are corrupting your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Rochelle says, so it sounds like the organizations using Satan or Satanic are using the word in reaction to the power and cultural prevalence of the Christian church, while the theistic Satanists or Luciferians' loosely connected movement is more about understanding the entity described in the Abrahamic texts with less judgment. Is that fair? Yeah, more or less. I don't know of any other than the joy of Satan, which, again... Hashtag the worst TM. Yep. Don't um, associate or affiliate yourself with Joy of Satan. They're th- they are, as far as I'm aware, theistic Satanists, but you can do better. <laughs> also avoid the Order of the Nine Angles, which yeah. I believe was one of the precursors to the Joy of Satan. Yeah, the Order of Nine Angles was founded by a guy who left the Church of Satan, but he also was a bodyguard and proponent of a major neo-Nazi figure. Oh, no. So don't do them either. Like I said, unfortunately, a lot of the recognized theistic satanic organizations are riddled with Nazis. Like, founded by, like, irredeemably, they are just effectively hate groups. I haven't found a good theistic satanist group uh, and organization beyond, like, 
little individual covens that people yeah. have. But you'll find a lot of really accepting and cool, both theistic and non-theistic Satanists. Yes. I, uh, some, one of my former roommates was a Satanist, and they were the best roommate I have ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, probably because they recognized and uh, accepted your boundaries. Yep. <laughs> that being a primary tenant of a lot of uh, Satanists. Yep. Like I said, it, because it's a very heterogeneous group of people and because there's not, despite what the Church of Satan would like you to believe, really an orthodoxy of Satanism, you're going to find a wide range. And finding a group to affiliate with that doesn't suck might be a struggle. Especially because, like I said, the, the Satanic Temple is very cool, but if you are a theistic Satanist, you're not really going to be comfortable there. It sort of reminds me of the of like small but prevalent subcultures like like punks where mm-hmm. you don't have a place where you meet but you can but you just recognize each other in the wild you can recognize each other and you can and sometimes um, you show up at the same events yeah and you can group up if you like mm-hmm. but it has to be like a, a choice between people yeah maybe there will be a, a Satan con someday there is Satan Reddit yeah there it's, is um, and it's an interesting place to be. Yeah, you get a well, you get a wide range there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> some people suck. Some people are very cool. But yeah, so I'm. I mean, I encourage people to to reach out to and uh, explore non-theistic and theistic Satanism, depending on whatever flavor interests you. I think the Satanic Temple, despite their sort of organizational flaws occasionally, um, is doing some great work, um, or at least trying to do some great work. Like I said, they haven't had a ton of legal success but they're they're at least trying yeah and there's other things that they do um like i said earlier the ritualization of Mm self-empowerment there's um there's actually a like sober contingent of the satanic temple Mm -hmm. through which you can get like a seven-step ritual for getting yourself off of a substance Mm -hmm. addiction that does not have these sort of um, Must rely on a higher power. Yeah, it doesn't have the religious vibe, and it doesn't have the sponsor sponsee, which mm-hmm. can sometimes get a little awkward. Yeah, and uh, potentially abusive. Yeah, and they've got like a they've got like a Satan kids group that you can do at schools, um, like an after school Satan club. You know, like how Christian yeah. churches have an after school church club where they just teach critical thinking skills. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think the the Satanic Temple does a lot of cool work, uh, even if all of it isn't great or as successful as we might like. And like I said, they're still very young. They started in 2013. Yeah, it's a um, very new organization and on the scene. When of when they started in 2013, they didn't expect to become what they did. They originally did think they were basically going to be like a a political activism satire group. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people joined them and were like, hey, actually, can we be a thing? Yeah. <laughs> and so Lucian Greaves, who started it, was like, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I now guess that's what we're doing now. Now they're a recognized religion. Mm-hmm. You can actually... So you don't have to, but if you'd like, you can pay $25 to get a membership card. So if you are claiming religious exemption to something mm-hmm. because of being part of the Temple of Satan, you have a physical thing to show. The Satanic Temple. Did I say it again? Yeah, you did. Damn it. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of fear and anxiety. Yes. Even in the pagan community about Satanism and about working with Satan and Lucifer, uh, either as in distinct individuals or as one being. And I think uh, a lot of that comes from sort of residual Christian anxiety and residual Satanic panic anxiety. Yep. So I do hope this has sort of demystified Satanism? Yeah, because it's not, like, like even the Church of Satan that I don't really like is just Randian philosophy. Like, they're not a great evil in the world. No. They're not the beast. You know, they're just, like, 
Randians with devil horns on. Like Yeah, and like you might like every uh, religion and non-religious group. Mm-hmm. You'll find outliers, um, assholes, mm-hmm. and extremists. Mm-hmm. But you'll also find a hell of a lot of really cool people exactly. who just believe what they believe and... and use it as a way to inform their life. Yep. Rochala says the word Satan has a lot of overtones in our greater culture and claiming it can bring literal danger depending on where a person lives, unfortunately. That is true. So obviously don't identify as a Satanist in public if you think that's going to put your life at risk. But if if you find power in it or if you have a personal relationship of some kind with uh, Satan or Lucifer, I think there is a lot of power to be had there. Mm Mm-hmm. And frankly, if you do Luciferianism probably going to learn a lot. Yeah, and like I said, I found that I, I found there is no deal with the devil to make, or at least I have not been offered to deal with the devil from Lucifer. I sort of was expecting one going in. I was like, okay, so what am I going to have to give you in exchange for this? And what I got back was basically just like, uh, nothing. Knowledge is free. <laughs> you want to light a candle? Sure, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> sure, sure, light the candle. That's good light imagery. Like, you do you, babe. Like, I don't care. So yeah, I haven't been asked to make any deals. I don't know. Maybe some people do, but not I. <laughs> That's the most... You're giving me, like, the, the, I can see this person in my mind. Yeah, like... <laughs> that whole personality. Yeah, I was, I was like, so do I need to give you... Like, do you want offerings? And what I got back, back was a great big, not really. Like, what so, would I do with that? So what it seems like is... Lucifer is just a cool guy. <laughs> like, I mean, that knows a lot. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That's that was my experience. Like I said, I don't ha- I don't work with him a lot, but the work that I have done with him has been very no strings attached. So, so yeah, I'm sure there are people who can do deals with the devil, and maybe the devil, the crossroads devil, and Satan and Lucifer are all distinct figures. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But the the Lucifer I reached out to didn't ask for anything in exchange. Uh, and just thought the the candle was kind of cute. <laughs> it might be one of those if you need to make a deal to feel comfortable. Right. That could also be. And a lot of the times, I mean, we have this happen with other deities all the time, where you're reaching out to the same god, but you're getting different sort of facets or layers of them. Like Gwyn and I both work with Frigga, but we work with very very different like angles of Frigga. It's the same Frigga, but she's working with us in different ways and different roles. So that could also be. Rhiannon and Grace says that they remember how that this person that AGF interviewed talking about how the deal he had to uh, uphold on his end was really just helping his community. And yeah, that seems very in line with, with my admittedly limited experience with Lucifer. He just, he just seems like a very... He's just trying to uplift everybody. Yeah. And he's just getting... you know at, The most I ever got with him was sort of a mild frustration that this is taking so long. But yeah, so I think that's it. Yeah, We're going to call it, it for this up. episode. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Google uh, if you Google the number three and the words Pagans and a Cat, or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C. We have a website at threepagansandacat.com. We've got... The Facebook? Uh, we got a Facebook. We got a Discord server. We got a Redbubble. We got a Patreon. Mom has a TikTok at Gwyn of Three Pagans, I think. She has an often spoofed Instagram, so make sure you're spelling it right. Keep an eye for anything that looks fishy. Yeah, Gwen will never send you a text out of nowhere or a DM with a whole bunch of emojis in it. Just being like, hey, yeah. Spirit said I should talk to you. Do you want to buy something from me? She won't do that. 
No, she also is just not an emoji person. No, she doesn't really use emojis in the middle of her texts like that. So if you see, like, hi, darling, moon emoji. I, I, I received a message from spirit, sparkle emoji, that you need guidance. Crystal ball Crystal emoji. Crystal ball emoji. That's not, that's not going. No, that's not in the That's just not how she texts. So, other than that, we will see you next week with a different topic. <laughs> I don't remember what it'll be right now. <laughs> I'll Perfect. Have to, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.